current problem, as you've described, is costly, complex, very manual for most banks. The typical process for a new business account is multiple back and forth between compliance, business development, the customer, asking for more and more data, repetitive questions. It's frankly a pain in the ass. And uh, what we do is solve that by creating this credential which contains all the data a banker, business development, compliance team needs to understand whether or not they should open the account. And once they open that account, it helps them manage it. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of Yaka Talks. Today, we're here to talk about a startup called Standard C. Standard C operates at this exciting intersection of the old, being traditional financial services, and the new, innovative new frameworks, technologies, and approaches to identity, trust, and compliance. They've recently announced a new product, their new credential offering, which is a big step in addressing a lot of the shortcomings with how we've historically dealt with things like trust and compliance. I'm joined by co-founder and CEO, Robert Mann, along with Chief Experience Officer, Robert Barron. Hopefully I've gotten the what more or less right on Standard C. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Thank you both for your time. Let's, let's start with some intros. How did the both of you end up here? I know a little bit of cannabis was involved along the way from a business perspective, which Robert would like to get us started. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead here. Uh, so just a little background on myself. Uh, I, uh, my first real job was in a startup, except we didn't know it was called a startup at the time. And that was a company started in Palo Alto called Mrs. Fields Cookies, believe it or not. And I joined Debbie, and I was there the first seven years of the company, Debbie Fields, that is. And we grew the company. It was quite successful at the time. And uh, then I decided to change gears I loved great coffee, and I met Howard Schultz. I ended up not working for Howard uh, when he was starting Starbucks, but another competing startup in San Francisco called Pasqua Coffee. Uh, of course, Starbucks later purchased our company, and uh, I moved from, of all things, food and coffee to medical devices. And I was fortunate enough to uh, join Eric Ruder at a company called Laserscope, uh, we were just emerging out of near bankruptcy, near delisting from NASDAQ. We ended up selling the company for $680 million to Boston Scientific. Uh, that was a very successful exit. Uh, so I spent my time in food, in medical devices, and then uh, started a, uh, a data analytics company on path the risks of emerging pathogens with Nathan Wolf. And uh, so I've done quite a few things. Uh, this company started when I met... Uh, Richard Laterman, uh, actually, and we developed this conversation over the years about leveling the playing field for banking and financial services. Richard, uh, of course, had strong background at Bank of America and Visa, and we decided the first place to test our new process and our new technologies was in the most difficult area of banking, which was banking for the cannabis industry, which was just emerging at the time. Uh, that's how I met Robert. Robert had developed and led the, one of the largest cannabis banking programs of the country. He's in our pilot. And uh, we decided to join forces about a year into that relationship. Awesome. That, that's quite the ride. Uh, yes. And uh, 
quite the act to follow. Um, but uh, Mr. Baron, if you want to give it a shot. Well, I won't be so bold as to say what a long, strange trip it's been, but it's certainly been a quite quite a journey working together with the Standard C team and really, uh, really has been monumental in what we've been able to achieve uh, in the two years that I've been here. Uh, as Robert mentioned, I came to Standard C after uh, time as a, as a banker, and of course now I'm a recovering banker, but I'm still trying my best to, to, to fit in with the mold of, uh, in tech. But one thing that was really clear to me when I came to Standard C was that there were tremendous problems faced by the banking industry, and we weren't going to solve that internally within the financial institutions. We needed technology, we needed out-of-the-box out thinking, we needed innovation, we needed automation, or we would become irrelevant. And that's why I came to Standard C. Uh, I, I come here with a background in compliance, anti-money laundering compliance and risk mitigation. And as Robert mentioned, you know, in my tenure uh, in 2016, we started the largest, uh, what ended up becoming the largest cannabis banking program in the country. And, and that was, only sustainable and doable once we began to implement new technology like standard C. So pleasure to be here, Alec. Thank you. And very cool. Uh, speaking as a former banker myself. So you started the firm in 2018 with the goal of helping cannabis companies get banking access, which we all know is a challenge. I mean, not just for cannabis, um, adult content, for instance, I mean, even in our world, um, try getting a fintech startup, a banking partner. It's it's hard. Um, so you commercialized a product in 2021. But since then, you've expanded the breadth of that original mission. You know, it's not just cannabis businesses anymore. Now it's yes. payroll companies, lenders, insurers, even armored couriers. Walk, walk, walk us through that evolution. What Was there some sort of aha moment? And, and how did your cannabis roots prepare you for these other markets? Alex, thanks so much. And, you know, I think that the, those emerging customers and use cases were a surprise to us. We thought our only customers would be banks and cannabis companies. As it turns out, uh, we, we don't really serve the cannabis customers as our direct customers. They're the customers of our banks now lenders, payroll companies. And what we found was that these entities, even public companies, had trouble getting banking and keeping banking if they were serving the cannabis industry. And so what really transformed our thinking and our market was the fact that uh, just these use cases of being able to help a company like a large international payroll company enter in the cannabis uh, market and have suitable banking. Their, their banking partner that was with them before didn't like the fact that a small percentage of the revenue came from cannabis. So they said, listen, we're gonna close the account. We gave them the tools to secure much better banking. And you're absolutely right. We're, we're a software company and getting business banking was difficult even for us. Even the fact that we're a bunch of bankers and people who are proven entrepreneurs, it was challenging. So today, uh, about 25% of our customers are banks and financial institutions. The re remaining customers include law firms and others who participate in high-risk markets. Yeah, I'd like to echo a little bit of what Robert Mann said. This is not just a problem that affects the cannabis industry or 
or even those higher risk industries that you mentioned, Alec, in the beginning, uh, the burdens faced of applying for a bank account, of keeping a bank account, apply to every business vertical. And it, while we've spent so much time solving the consumer issues, we've neglected as as a as an economy as a, as an in our industries to solve the business burdens, and and that's really something that is quite unique about what we've been able to solve using our technology. I I think that's a great point, right? I mean, trust in payments is underlies basically everything we do. So when you start to try to solve those problems, you, you start to solve a lot of problems, really. Um, let let's talk a little yes. bit about your new credential offering. And and maybe we should take a step back and start with some of the shortcomings, let's call them, of, of the status quo and how we deal with trust, how we deal with compliance um, before we get into how your new product, you know, sort of addresses those issues, right? Like what, what what's the problem here that, that we're trying to solve for? Well, the, the current problem is, as you've described, is costly, complex, very manual for most banks. The typical process for a new business account is multiple back and forth between compliance, business development, the customer, asking for more and more data, repetitive questions. It's frankly a pain in the ass. And uh, what we do is solve that by creating this credential, which contains all the data a banker, business development, compliance team needs to understand whether or not they should open the account. And once they open that account, it helps them manage it. And I want Robert to kind of go through more detail on that as a former banker. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you there, Robert. So Alec, thank you very much uh, for bringing this up. The, there's a tremendous problem with the status quo. At the core, businesses have tremendous difficulty applying for banking and financial services. And the reason is because of the antiquated application processes that exist within the banking industry and beyond for that matter. What that does is it makes every business consistently reapply and enter redundant data over and over again to apply for the same services or similar services. It's Think of it this way. If you're a consumer and you apply for a car loan or a credit card or a home loan, you enter your FICO, your social security number, and from that information, a business evaluating you can assess most of your risk. But that same thing doesn't exist for a business. If I were to take your business's EIN and enter that into a database, all I'm going to find is a limited set of information. That inherently is the problem. That's why businesses have to go through these Sisyphean tasks to complete a business application. And when they're more complex, when they're a startup, a new emerging industry, whether they're in a higher risk space, it makes it even more complex. And what ends up happening is after you've gone through this process as a customer, which is thankless to say the least, the process of being approved and underwritten is even more slow and frustrating, leading to a poor experience and, and frankly, lengthy delays between both the applicant and the service provider. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, let, Alec, just let me add one other feature, and that is there's a huge shortage of compliance specialists. It was just in the past they, that banks needed them, but now everyone needs them. Every large company needs them to make sure that they're in compliance. 
and in the in the crypto market and other uh, new financial uh, institutions, uh, there's a high demand, and there just aren't enough people there. So our technology allows the really talented people in BSA to leverage their skills, scale in a way that's very different. And we want to relieve that human burden and allow the talented people in the institutions to have tools that really help them extend their reach. So, so, so here's what I'm hearing. There's, there's a ton of friction. Um, it's costly. It's expensive. There aren't enough experts. Uh, we, we don't have good data anyways, even when yes. we're getting that data. Um, and there's a lot of redundancies as well. Um, the data that we do have, I'm sure, is probably trapped in some proprietary silos. These silos don't talk to each other anyways, so the data never gets better. Um, those sound like pretty big problems. How, how do you go about solving them then? You know, Robert, let me, let me just kick this off by saying that uh, this all revolves around letting a business, especially in a new emerging business, declare everything about themselves, their beneficial owners, their management structure in a data platform that we can validate after the fact and make sure it's, it's sound. And we use hundreds of data streams to be able to do that. And once we do that, we create what we call the standard C credential. And I, I want to let Robert talk about how that's used after, you know, not just when the account is being approved, but how it's managed on an ongoing basis. Because the biggest problem for, the, for financial institutions isn't actually onboarding the first customer. That's the biggest problem for the, their customer. The biggest problem is their ongoing due diligence, the lack of data flowing to them, and, and some of the kind of archaic compliance rules that they have to uh, follow. So I'll let Robert uh, dig into the detail there. And, and I'll, it, the biggest question that we get often is, what is the standard C credential? So at its core, what the standard C credential is, is a validated digital business identity. And it enables a company to self-declare and create a universal data object that's evaluated, risk-rated, credentialed, and also shareable across a network of both banking and financial service providers. So what happens is, as a business, registers on our website and creates their digital business identity in minutes. Our software then validates that business's identity using multiple proprietary and public databases. We also use biometric identity proofing and automated screening before we credential the business. Now, once that business is credentialed, that business's data object can be shared with multiple banking and financial service providers within a permissioned enterprise blockchain. Now, all of those businesses that are credentialed, all of their due diligence and all their transactions that are being performed, and transactions are defined as uh, compliance activities performed by an institution evaluating them, actions done by the customer and applicant themselves, as well as actual transactions that occurred down the road throughout the course of this relationship. All of that data is added and enriched to that credential. So this credential is essentially a dynamic data object that can be enhanced and used for additional applications over time. Now with that, we automate license monitoring for regulated businesses of both the business establishing a credential and quite importantly, their counterparties, their, 
their customers and their vendors. So we're not just doing monitoring and assessment and underwriting of a business itself. We go beyond that to their ecosystem of their customers and vendors. And we also use this credential to track and monitor transactions processed by a business to its counterparties and conduct what's what we know is automated pre-transaction anti-money laundering testing. And we utilize our proprietary algorithms and rules to solve some of the compliance challenges the banks face. Now, ultimately, this really just simplifies and standardizes the underwriting process uh, that the bankers and other financial service professionals have a fiduciary obligation to complete. So it ultimately reduces those burdens for them. It helps them reduce their expense and provide a better experience. Correct me if I'm wrong. What, what I'm hearing is that th this credential, it, it's not limited to any single bank or, or, or financial institution, right? This, this is your business credential. You get to hold it. It's getting updated and enriched dynamically over time, but you get to sort of bring it with you to now each other financial institutions, you know, you would like to interact with. Exactly. And the best example is if, if I spend all of my time as a business owner creating a profile, uploading documents, and being validated and risk rated by a bank or a credit union, I should be able to take all of that work that was done without compromising both of our privacy and share that with my insurer who I apply for insurance or my payroll company who I need payroll or a, a lender if I'm being underwritten for a loan. Why should I have to reapply? And, and by doing that, not only do I simplify my process and theirs, I also add a source of truth because the other third party that I'm working with or applying for services with has some reliance on other data and underwriting that's been performed on my business. So that reduces loan fraud and account and bank fraud, um, other types of exaggerations or changes and variances between an initial application and the one completed right after. So it's a win-win for both the compliance and risk management side in addition to the experience and the operational side for the institutions. So it's, it's, it's your business identity. And um, I, I, I suppose the, the industry terms to describe it would be that it's, it's portable as well as reusable. Precisely. Exactly. And there's one other dimension of it. We have a uh, financial institution that's just starting with us and uh, they needed armored car services. And uh, they'll be partnering with the Armored Car Service. And in this case, they'll be able to share data within our platform about their mutual customers and enhance their ability to show their compliance. Uh, and so this network effect goes on and on and on. In other cases, our, one of our insurance partners partners with a payroll company that is a, that is a licensee, and they share data around customers and leads together. So it's not only a compliance tool, it's also a business development tool where uh, if, for example, Alec, if you needed insurance services, we would, for your company, we would take your portable business identity and port it over to the insurer. You would have nothing else to do until the insurance company came in and might ask you more questions. So it can be used in multiple cases. It can be used between uh, armored car services and banks, between insurers and payroll companies, et cetera. Uh, the, the, the network effects, effects benefit, you know, seems, seems like a big, a big one with, with this sort of framework, yes. um, you know, in terms of customer acquisition costs, in terms of the cost mm -hmm. for businesses, 
Um, you get to maintain privacy and you don't have to sort of redundantly go through this whole exercise every single time. Um, it sounds on paper like a sort of win-win-win. What, what I know about financial institutions is that um, they can be a bit stodgy and, and slow moving and um, risk averse. Have they been re- receptive to to a new framework? And, and sort of what, what are your biggest challenges with, with rolling out a, a new product like yeah. this? Yeah, Alec, you know, that's a that's an excellent question. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say that uh, in my la- past lives, I've dealt with the government, U.S. government as a customer. And uh, they're slow to, the government is slow to adopt new technology. Uh, in the practice of medicine, uh, we had to change an archaic procedure in urology to a new procedure. And uh, we changed the course of medicine and the practice of medicine and urology based on how we did that work. We're doing the same thing with banking now. And there are, there are really uh, great innovators in the space. And we're starting with those folks. And we're showing uh, the market how those companies can be successful, how they can enlarge their business, and just showing that success, really treating our company, the, our customers in the, in the best possible way is helping us bridge that gap. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think that uh, very often the C-suite, the executives in a, in a financial institution, want to change. And then the internal mechanisms, as you can imagine are challenging. And Robert has done a great job being a former banker, having faced the same problems relating to those customers has been very helpful in uh, kind of opening the eyes to this innovation. Yeah. And sitting on both sides of the fence, both in the compliance role and in the business development role, they're inherently a conflict. And when we show bankers how we can bring balance to those two competing interests, and provide them with a platform that allows business development to more effectively engage on sales using our CRM tools and to have a better onboarding experience and build a relationship with the customer while simultaneously automating those tasks that make the sales process difficult by sharing the data they collect from a customer or prospect and sharing that with compliance and risk. And when the compliance and risk departments are able to automatically assess a customer's fitness and to do so using an integrated platform, that's one of the most powerful tools that our system has been able to to solve a problem for, which is they're typically on different channels. Uh, Sales is on their own channel, whether in Salesforce or a similar system. And compliance is in a siloed, for good reason, platform and the two don't talk to one another how we've been able to solve and bridge that gap has been really the secret sauce to our sandwich from our side we've seen a lot of these sort of new frameworks when when it comes to to individuals i i think what makes standard c very unique is that you are focusing on an identity for um a business Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, identity is a huge issue these days. I mean, just ask Elon Musk with all of those fake Twitter accounts. Yes. But what's what's the what's the long term vision here? Do, do do you do you see this as where the world is moving towards? Because the way that you described it, there's only upside and and no downside, right? But there is this chicken and egg problem. Yeah. You know, Alec, I call it the cold start problem. 
where how do you create these network effects? How do you win over, uh, you know, your, your, your established companies? And our, so far, our best use case is in a $4 billion public company, payroll company. And uh, their use case was forced by their banking situation, where their banks demanded a higher level of knowledge about, not them, but their customers. And what's really helped us with that network effect or creating that network effect is that, that since our pilot with that company began a year ago, they've added 450 higher risk customers, they have another 180 in queue, and they're about to launch a 60-person sales force towards that market, knowing that they can now manage that market, the complexity of those customers in an efficient way. And the good news is, all of their 450 current customers and their soon-to-be 1,500 customers will need banking also, insurance, lending, legal services, all that they can uh, use their standard seat credential to achieve more easily. And uh, that's really where we want to go. Now, my mission as CEO is to make sure that we're always providing high value and utility and scalability to our customers. So that's really the long-term vision. Uh, specifically though, we believe that this technology can be used for all high-risk businesses, high-risk in terms of how bankers define that, and all businesses in general, because just opening a regular business account is not easy, and we can use our credentialing system to facilitate that for everyone. Alec, there's an interesting point that you brought up about Elon Musk, and if Elon Musk had our technology, I think he could have avoided a lot of the problems that he inherited uh, from Twitter. Uh, but most importantly, it's widely known and accepted that Twitter is looking to get into banking and to get into payments. In fact, I think it was one of their original premises when they were founded was to be in the payment space. In order for a, an entity to truly be a money transmitter, it needs to not only know its customers, it needs to know its customers' customers. And that's something that we specialize in. In fact, if Twitter had our technology, they would likely be able to enter the payment space in a sustainable manner without the compliance issues that it currently faces. The ability to validate an individual and particularly a business to know that all of their beneficial owners and control parties are who they say they are and to be able to have all of that aggregated within a centralized credential controlled by that entity or that individual, which can be shared within a handshake, within a, a distributed ledger, within a network that has connectivity, but a source of truth, they could, have, they could have avoided the challenges they're facing with these fake accounts. But most importantly, businesses like them could avoid the problems that are bound to happen in the, in the current era, where it's not just about checking someone's driver's license, or asking someone to upload a pay stub or a corporate document, but truly knowing if those documents are real, knowing if the person who uploaded them is real and who they claim to be, and having all of that simplified so that it doesn't have to be performed over and over and over again. And that's exactly what we've done with the credential, is to enable these, these businesses to share their data and to have the recipient of that data sharing trust and know that that data is valid. I'm, I'm fairly certain our followers will uh, try to help get Elon's attention on this subject. 
Um, they've already been doing that with sort of global ID, uh, one of the companies in our ecosystem. Um, because, you know, I think people understand, right, especially online, when there's such a deficit in trust now, um, not just online, but in our institutions, etc. Um, you know, we're, we're desperately in need of new ideas and, and, and new ways of doing things. But I think what I would say is that the overarching theme here really is about inclusion, right? Because as an individual or, or as a business, um, unless you have a bank account, unless you have a banking partner, you really don't have a foot in the door. Um, and it sounds like your product um, is going to expand services to, to more people, um, but in a smart and compliant way, which I think we would all benefit from. Uh, Robert and Robert, any, uh, any final thoughts? What, what should we be looking forward to? In the next year, uh, what you should be looking forward to is uh, a, a dynamic data object that's easier to use, that's more widespread, with greater network partners, with expanded services uh, for all businesses. And I'll, I'll just close by saying that, uh, for me anyway, that Hard Yaka has been a great partner. We've learned a lot in our in our in our relationship thus far and we look forward to uh, 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 learning more and more about how a portable business identity can create access for all and level the playing field for the smallest company for the most uh, new ventures in the market yeah as greg would say it's about getting them all a seat at the table that's right. robert and robert thank you so much for your time i think uh we all appreciated this super illuminating conversation and uh hopefully we'll chat again soon thank you so much